Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, August 31st. Today on the show, we will talk with Buck Rising of 104.5 The Zone and A to Z Sports about what he expects to happen on cut down day for the Tennessee Titans, as well as what he thinks about the rest versus rhythm debate that we are having right now about the Titans offense. I will give you the most underrated football game in the SEC in week one, but we begin with the Tennessee Volunteers officially naming their starting quarterback. The 440 is built for you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. If you're making a huge decision about your house, you need all of the information, all the pricing, the budget, the timeline, what is going to get done. You need all of that laid out in front of you first before you make a big decision. This is why you call the Kingston Group, because they will give you all of that information before you make the big decision. Go to the website, buildkg.com, and look at their work. Tell me it's not awesome. Give them a call and make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group, before you make any big decisions about your house. All right. It is official. Josh Heupel has named Michigan transfer Joe Milton as his starting quarterback for Thursday night's opener against Bowling Green. He also mentioned that the vast majority of his team is fully healthy and that they are over the 80 percent threshold for the vaccination rate. So all good things heading into Week one against Bowling Green as a 34-point favorite. I don't think Joe Milton or this Tennessee offense are going to have much issue scoring points on Bowling Green. Would I take the Falcons to cover the spread with a little backdoor action? Maybe I would. But I think Tennessee should handle Bowling Green on Thursday night with relative ease. And the most important things to watch for Joe Milton are decision-making and accuracy. We know he's big. We know he's physical. We know he can run between the tackles on short yardage. And we know he can throw the football a quarter mile. The question I have for him is if there are tight windows, which there may not be against Bowling Green, is he accurate enough 40, 45, 50 times a game, and does he make the right decisions? So the most important issues for Joe Milton on Thursday night are going to be decision-making and accuracy. If he shows us those things, he could be your starter all season long. If there are issues in those two departments, Pittsburgh's defense in week two is going to be an issue. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy the tempo, the pace with which a modern offense is run under Josh Heupel. In Jeremy Pruitt's first season, the Tennessee Volunteers ran 59 snaps per game on offense. Josh Heupel last year at UCF ran 86 snaps per game. So keep an eye on that snap count as it is going to be fast and furious on Thursday evening against an overmatched Bowling Green team. It should be a beer game. Kick your heels up. Watch your favorite team dominate. Tennessee has not had too many of those lately, and we're going to get one, hopefully, on Thursday night. So there were a couple of college football games this weekend, nothing of note in SEC country, other than the fact that maybe Nebraska fell flat on its face in the season opener. But really, this weekend is when things get started in the SEC, and I could not be happier about it. Four brand new coaches. Obviously, all eyes will be on Alabama and Miami. You know, you can try to talk your way into thinking that Miami may have some pieces to contend, but that should be a Bama defense that is out-of-the-box dominant against a good quarterback, De'Eric King. Of course, Georgia and Clemson is going to get all of the headlines. The Georgia Bulldogs and the Clemson Tigers, two of the best three or four teams in America. Clemson a three-point favorite on Saturday night, that one at 6.30. Obviously the biggest game of the weekend across every conference, maybe the biggest non-conference game of the entire season in all of college football. But I'm going to point you guys to a game that not many people are going to talk about that I think could hold an entire season 
in the balance, and that is LSU at UCLA. The Bruins just won their opening week game, week zero. They got a warm-up against Hawaii. They were dominant, ran for 240 yards, and now they get to host LSU in what will be one of the most picturesque college football games in all of America. So if you're an SEC fan in Nashville, the most underrated game in all of college football this weekend, 7.30 p.m., UCLA, three-and-a-half-point underdog at home with an experienced quarterback against LSU and a roster and a coaching staff full of complete unknowns. I'm calling the upset now. UCLA on the money line. UCLA outright. UCLA plus three-and-a-half. Yet another Tennessee Titan was placed on COVID reserve on Monday. Guard Nate Davis was placed on the COVID-19 list. He now joins center Ben Jones as well as quarterback Ryan Tannehill Three starting offensive pieces now, along with Harold Landry, who are not available to practice as it sits right now. So we bring in Buck Rising of 104.5 The Zone and A to Z Sports to talk not only about cutdown day for the Tennessee Titans, but also the debate about how many reps this offense needs in the preseason, in camp, and practice. What side of the rest versus rhythm debate is he on? I think there are there are value, valid arguments to be made on both sides, but I think more than anything, um, you feel pretty good about Julio Jones and Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown, understanding that these are veteran pieces. They've seen a lot of defenses. It's going to be – It's go, it, there's probably going to be some learning curves along the way, but given the circumstances, you know, it doesn't really matter how you feel about the debate. The debate, the debate is null and void when you realize that the quarterback is still on the COVID list as we tape this, that Julio Jones has practiced basically twice a month since arriving in Nashville, and that you're just going to have to go through this thing as you will. So no matter what side of the debate you're on, it's just going to, you're just going to have to eat it because these are the circumstances for this particular team. So, so it's a real life experiment to prove whether or not preseason games matter or not. <laughs> that's what we're going to well, figure out. What was it last year? I mean, honestly, like, right, that, that's, but that's the debate. Uh, yeah. Send them into the sun. As far as I'm concerned, I, you know, because preseason games lead you to believe things like John Simon is going to be a rotational piece for the <laughs> Titans defense. And then he's out on the street yesterday morning. So what are you going to do? you think there's any major surprises at when 3 p.m. rolls around on Tuesday afternoon? Do you think there's people that are shocked by anything? Um, I think probably, you know, I, they, people will be shocked by things because media has led them, and myself included, has led them to believe things that, that may not be similarly felt in the building. I think that Marcus Johnson and Josh Reynolds may be at real risk, and that's not necessarily their fault. They've, de they've dealt with you know, various nicks and bruises and the odd Achilles injury um, right now. I don't necessarily think they're locks to make the roster, even as Marcus Johnson has been one of the strongest camp performers that we've seen. If they don't feel that they, he can make it through a season and they want, you know, they're trying to look for ways to justify Des Fitzpatrick on the 53, that is something that may be a bit of a surprise to people. Outside of that, you know, I think John Simon would be considered one of these surprises. Derek Roberson, that kind of opens the door up for somebody like that. Yeah, Mason Kinsey continues to be an interesting story, but I just don't think even with the two guys that we talked about and what they're dealing with, I think that Chester Rogers is as close to a pure slot receiver as you have, and that creates a redundancy for guys like Cam Batson and Mason Kinsey. So I'm certain there are going to be some things that are quote unquote surprises, but probably nothing that would rock the boat entirely. Carson Wentz looks like he's supposed to start in week one um, for the Colts. The Colts did win 11 games last year. Is this division race closer than we think with all the questions for the Titans? Or are they still the, the heavy favorite to, to run away with it? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what the, what the gambling odds look like right now, but they should still be the favorite. I didn't until Carson Wentz 
until such time as we see Carson Wentz be a competent NFL quarterback, I'm not going to believe that he is one, given that he was the worst one in all of football last year. So, uh, you know, a new offense, new system, maybe maybe not necessarily new entirely because of the whole Frank Reich trope that everybody keeps hitting me over the head with every time I talk about the damn Colts. But I just think that more than anything, there there are signs that this dude is fundamentally from a fundamental standpoint of playing the position. He appears to be a bit broken. And the last time we saw that was Marcus Mariota. And as you know, if you're a Titans fan, those things aren't necessarily easily fixable. Uh, best rest stops, Indiana, Kentucky, or Tennessee? Oh, you know what? Indiana, honestly, and not just because I'm from there, but it's literally called the crossroads of America. So if you're going to market yourself as such, you damn well better have some good uh, good rest stops along the way. And, you know, not necessarily good for your waistline or good for um, <laughs> anything health-wise, but certainly you'll be able to get your fair share of junk food and uh, see the sights, which is mostly people watching, given that my state is covered in morbid obesity. I'm not sure Kentucky and Tennessee is all that different. Buck, always a pleasure, my friend. Great to talk to you. I just made one of those pit stops myself this weekend. Uh, have a good weekend, my bud. Thanks, buddy. Stay away from the honey buns. Special thanks to Buck Rising, of course, and uh, a non-answer answer there about the preseason games. Do away with them. I tend to agree with him. Get rid of all the preseason games. I, I do want to see this offense practice a lot more in camp together. Julio Jones was out there in full pads running through drills for the most part, on Monday, and that is a huge step in the right direction. But you still had Tannehill out. You still had Ben Jones out. Nate Davis wasn't out there. You still you still are missing some pieces of the offense. So I don't think the preseason games matter. I think the practice does, and we shall see what type of rhythm this offense has coming out of the gate. Otherwise, get that notification ready to go, that 3 p.m. cutdown deadline. We're going to get all kinds of news on Tuesday about who made this roster and who did not. So get set, 3 p.m., Wide receiver, backup offensive line, backup safeties, defensive linemen, all kinds of decisions to be made for Mike Vrabel, John Robinson, and company. Should be a very eventful 3 p.m. deadline. The Nashville Predators also made some news on Monday as they signed their star young forward, Ellie Tolvin, into a three-year, $4.35 million contract. The 22-year-old will make about $1.4 million per season. He scored 11 goals and had 22 points last year in just 40 games. He led the team with six power play goals. And if not for an injury in the middle of the season that knocked him out for a big chunk of time, he might have actually finished pretty high in the Calder voting for Rookie of the Year in the NHL. His 11 goals were the most by a Predators rookie since Philip Forsberg scored 26. With the contract, David Poyle and the Predators have essentially re-signed every single Predator player that they needed to get this offseason. We will have a full breakdown of the contract, what it means, and a lot more on the Gold Standard Podcast out every single Thursday right here on the 440 Sports Network. The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Remember the name, The Kingston Group. When you're doing work on your home or you want to build a new home or you want to add an addition... If you're going to make a huge decision about your house that costs a whole lot of money, you need to have all of the information. And this is why the Kingston Group is the name to remember, because they will give you all of the information on the front end so that you can make the best decision for your home and your family. BuildKG.com is the website, and the name is the Kingston Group. Share the show, please, folks. Thank you all for listening. Just tell one person about it, or a hundred, whatever. Somewhere in between is fine, too. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, August 31st. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.